Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. When you're gossiping yourself, God hears it and he don't like it. And we are partaking as a listener. He hears it and he don't like it. And so what you want to do is have no part of it. You don't want to be part of the program at all. You want to speak edifying things. You want to speak things that build up. What you want to be excited about is when God is doing something great in some brother or sister's life, get on the phone and tell that. Call somebody and say, man, I was ministering, with, I met with this brother right here and, and, and God has just done such a great thing. God took him from here and took him to there and God's doing this in his life and speak those things. Build up. In today's message, Pastor Bill will remind you of the dangers of gossip. Gossip is when we choose to secretively engage in speaking bad or untrue things about others or choosing to not stand up for the person being gossiped about. And we've all likely been the unfortunate subject of gossip. It hurts, especially from those you love. The Bible tells us that God hates gossip and as Christians, we shouldn't be engaging in it. The body of Christ is meant to build each other up in love, not tear each other down with gossip. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers, chapter 12, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Moses wasn't the humblest man in the face of the earth when he beat that man to death in the desert. But now, God says he's the meekest man, the most humble man on the face of the earth. Now, some people will look because Moses wrote this. They're like, well, wouldn't that disqualify you? You know, because you, you can be humble until you tell somebody, man, I'm humble. I'm so humble. I don't know nobody more humble than me. But because the Holy Spirit inspired the writing, I guess you can get away with that. So... The Holy Spirit testifying about Moses that he is a humble man. And so the, 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 the thing that they're accusing him of, the Holy Spirit saying, that's not the case. They're accusing him of being like, how come he's speaking? God didn't just speak through him. God spoke through us too. The, the, what they're insinuating is that he's prideful. He's taking everything upon himself and, and it's not us too. And God is saying, no, he's not prideful. He's a matter of fact, he's the humblest man, more humble than anybody else on the planet. And as I'm looking at these complaints that they're bringing, it, 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 doesn't line up with what, it doesn't line up with what God is saying about the same man. And so here go a few issues with envy. Uh, envy is a little different than jealousy. Um, jealousy, you got a boyfriend and he got a girlfriend and, you know, she might say hi to some other nice looking guy and he gets jealous uh, for what he might lose or, or what he thinks might could happen or whatever. Envy is a little different. Someone could be envious of something you have, something you are. There could be something that you're aspiring to, that you're going after, that you've become, that you've achieved. And envy won't let them celebrate it with you. They're envious. They, I don't want that for you. I, I'm, I'm not happy that you got that. I'm envious. I don't celebrate that with you. I'm not, I don't rejoice in that victory with you. I'm envious. I don't like that you get to be the one and not me. And envy wants to be where someone else is, wants to have what someone else has, wants to possess what someone else possesses. And it's, it's a negative thing because as believers, we're supposed to be able to rejoice with someone else as they're doing well. When you see God doing a great thing and something, we should, we're supposed to be able to really celebrate with them and, and be happy with them for what the Lord is doing. But envy doesn't allow that. Envy causes people to be kind of stuck in a place that. Uh, at least a place in their heart that isn't what God wants. And so that's their real issue is there's envy against Moses and and what the Lord is doing through him. And so look at verses four through eight. I'm going to read it all as a chunk and then we'll go through and break it down. It says, suddenly 
the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three to the tabernacle of meeting. And so the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and he stood in the door of the tabernacle and he called Aaron and Miriam and both of them went uh, went forward. Now, this is I was going to read it all, but I'm going to stop here. Um, The Lord heard it. He didn't like it. And he came down right away. So as I was kind of breaking down the chapter uh, in verse two, I wrote down. I wrote down their envy brought the work to a halt. Remember the whole purpose of what we're we're aiming at in numbers. God's been trying to get this group together to get them moving. And he finally got them their first couple steps toward the promised land and everybody started complaining. And so the work came to a halt as God had to deal with that issue. Now we just finished last week. The people got stuffed with meat and now we're finally getting ready to move forward again. And now the leaders are complaining. So the work's at a halt again. And I just want to point that out. That because the same is true within the church of Jesus Christ. When we're not functioning as one and moving forward together, when we start devouring one another, the work comes to a halt. If this group in here is kind of if we're united, we can start looking out there who we can go help, who we can go minister to, who, who we can go build up, who we can go reach. But if we start beating up each other in this room, all of our energy and focus and effort will be in here in a negative way. If we're so busy beating each other up, we got no energy to go out there and reach out. And even anybody from out there that came in and saw what we were doing, they, would, they wouldn't want to be a part of it anyway. So um, when believers get to that place where they're fighting with each other, the work does come to a halt. And now verses, we look at verses four and five. It says the, the Lord, this, it was a big enough deal what was going on here that God said, I'm going to come down and have a personal meeting with them about it. God came down and met with them. He, he came on down and says, the Lord said, hey, you guys come out. All three of you guys come out. This is interesting to me because God said, come out, you three, to the tabernacle. Moses, Miriam, Aaron, everybody come out. They all came out. But then the Lord said, he came down the pillar of cloud. He stood at the door of the tabernacle. And he said, Aaron and Miriam, come here. Now, you know, I'm looking at this and thinking, if I was Aaron and Miriam, I'm like, what about him? What about him too? <laughs> <laughs> you call you told all three of us to come here. We all here. And now you're like, just us two? And I wonder if the guilt of what they could have said in verse four says suddenly. It almost, you get the feeling that they were having this conversation. They were talking about him behind his back. Maybe it was getting real juicy too. And they were just, and he, he talking about this. And, and I, God used me like this. And they were going back and forth like that. And then God just says suddenly. God said, hey, y'all come here. And they all came. And I bet, I bet the fear of God is all over them right now. And, and only us two, not him? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not what you want. So I, I'm just thinking it through that. How, how might that have been for them? Uh, I think they'd have felt better if God had said, Moses, come over too. You know, but no, nah, the Moses cushion, you stay there, Mo. <laughs> you too, come here. And then God continues in verse six. Then he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. And I speak to him in a dream. Verse seven, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? God pulls him aside and says, hey, you guys, you know, when I talk to a regular prophet, I talk to him in visions and dreams. It's a big deal that I speak to him anyway. And I give him a word for me. That's how I'm dealing with regular old prophets, which is a big deal. Not, not to diminish that at all. But he says, but Moses, special. Got a different thing going on with Moses. 
Moses, I speak to him face to face. He sees my form. He sees the form of me. And so he said, God said, why, why weren't you afraid to speak against him? And you weren't scared to do that? You didn't think that there was something wrong with that? That this is Moses is close. Me and Moses are intimate. We have a closeness and an intimacy about our relationship. You didn't think it was a bad idea to be talking about him? And again, as I read this, I'm, I want to understand what the Lord is communicating to them, but I also want to glean from it. And so God is saying, he's making a distinction. He says, hey, this is how I speak to regular prophets who are awesome and they speak forth my word and I use them for my glory. But God says, but Moses is different. I got something different with Moses. I got a special relationship with him. Moses is a leader in a different class. I've raised him up in a different way. He's not leading one or two people here and there. He's leading the entire nation. And so I need a man that's intimate with me. So I talk to him face to face like a friend. I don't give him, it's not envisioned, it's not cloudy. I'm direct, it's direct connect with Moses. You weren't afraid to talk bad about him. And one thing I would get from this is this, as you recognize, and I don't think we should talk about anybody. But when you recognize that there are people with a relationship with the Lord, right, as, you, as you're looking at, if we look at one another, look at our brothers and sisters, rather than be envious of someone that maybe God is mightily using, it should be something that causes us to admire. Wow, look at what they have with the Lord. Something else I thought of is as God is making this distinction with Moses and he says, not so with my servant Moses. God first says something about his character. He says, he's faithful in all my house. And I don't want to skimp over that because the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. So it's not like God's like, well, Moses is my favorite. I like him better than you, Aaron and Miriam. But God is saying this. He says, there's a reason why we have the kind of relationship we have. And I believe that that's why he points out the character first. He says he is faithful in all my house. And that's why he hears from me like he does. That's why the connection is so clear. That's why the relationship is so intimate and so close. He's faithful. This should encourage us because if Moses could be faithful and that encourages sweet intimacy with the Lord, then we can be faithful and enjoy sweet intimacy with the Lord. Obviously, as we're reading here, Aaron, I mean, you read the story, Aaron, you know, he was all, he did all right, but he, he, he had some real bad blunders along the way. God says, hey, Moses, is, he's faithful. And so I got, a, I got a special relationship with him. And the question that God asked him, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And those words right there, my servant, God's claiming him. He says, my servant. And so uh, we learned this when we were going through Romans, that we're not to judge another man's servants, that before his master, he stands or falls. And so God says, hey, why, why did you do that? So once again, um, what does this mean for us? You know, what do we do with this information? If you are someone that finds that you get caught up in talking, um, this should stop that. And I don't think just servants of the Lord, just people that are high and mighty spiritually. I'm saying, period. Like we shouldn't be people as believers that are ripping up people that are talking bad about people. But you especially want to be careful when you're talking about God's people, because here God says, I don't, I don't like it. We're going to see in the next verse that it made God angry. It bothered him that this kind of conversation was going on about his servant, Moses. And so it should challenge us to consider. But I also want to say this. What does a good gossip mean to flourish? 
What do they need? What does a good gossip need? Huh? They need a listener. They need somebody with trash can ears. And so maybe you don't struggle with being the one to go and run your mouth. Maybe you're the, maybe you're the Aaron sitting there saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, mm-hmm, well, you know, maybe you're the person that, that just, I, I look at Aaron and it's, it's his silent agreement because he's guilty too. He's in trouble too. God said, Miriam and Aaron, you guys both come forward. Both of you guys, they're in trouble. But Miriam was the one, she was a spokeswoman. She was the one speaking up. But I believe that Aaron's guilt was that, 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 that listening agreeably to what was going on. And so, again, maybe you're not the gossip, but maybe all your friends are. And maybe they know that when they get something juicy, they know they got to give you a call. You are on the list. You're going to get that call. Know that you're guilty, too. Know that God is not cool. You, you're not innocent because you're just listening uh, passively. Or you might even be agreeing so they can keep going. Mm, really? What? And, and then what happened? Girl? You know, and I, I, I grew up with a house with women. That's how, the con- that's how the other end of the phone would be sounding. Really? And then what? What? Oh, my goodness. And then what? And they just want to hear more, more, more. So if you that person, you wrong too. You wrong for encouraging them. And you're wrong for just taking it in. So Aaron could have, Marion could have started off saying, is it God speaking? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't talk about him like that. That's God's servant. Let's don't do that. Let's don't go there. He didn't do that. He was like, mm-hmm, I know. I mean, he spoke to you then. He spoke to me over here. He just went right along with it. And so, again, every good gossip, they need some trash can ears. And you need to be careful about that, that, you don't, that you're not that person, that you don't got a bunch of folk calling you from week to week, throwing up in your ears and dumping on you, and you're listening, taking it in. Because what did God tell them? What did we read at the end of verse 2? That the Lord heard it. And what are we going to see in verse 9? It made him angry. And so when you're gossiping yourself, God hears it and he don't like it. And we are partaking as a listener. He hears it and he don't like it. And so what you want to do is have no part of it. You don't want to be a part of the program at all. You want to speak edifying things. You want to speak things that build up. What you want to be excited about is when God is doing something great in some brother or sister's life. Get on the phone and tell that. Call somebody and say, man, I was ministering. With, I met with this brother right here and, and, and God has just done such a great thing. God took him from here and took him to there and God's doing this in his life. And speak those things. Build up. Let that be your conversation. Let, let the things that you're speaking about people behind their back be things that if they were to hear it, they would feel good about it. And that, that's, that's, that's a, you know, you could talk about someone behind their back in such a way that if they were to hear what you said behind their back, they'd be like, he said that about me? They'd be, they'd be feeling all good about it. They'd be built up. And or you could talk about people behind their back in such a way that if they heard it, they'd be like, they said that about me. It'd be a whole different attitude uh, based on what you said. Be careful how we talk about people uh, in their face, because some of y'all are I them to their face. You know, and it's not it's not any better when you say bad things to somebody's face behind their back. Be careful how we talk about one another. Uh, we're called to edify, to build up. Again, I got to point out that what motivated this negative interaction their own envy, their own feeling that maybe it's not fair that Moses is, you know, being the one that's elevated and and looked to and, and, and here we're gifted to here. Here we have some gifts and anointings as well. Here God has spoken prophetically through me as well. And so how come he's the main one when I have that same thing? Be careful of that. Be careful of possessing a gift and then comparing yourself to someone else with the same gift. Uh, the Bible says that 
promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west, but it comes from the Lord. And there have been times, there'll be times where God will put someone more gifted under someone less gifted to raise them up and send them out. Be careful that you don't rush out because you're so gifted. Be careful that you hang in there and let the Lord do whatever he's doing in your life in that, in that period of time. And so verse, verse nine now it says, so the anger of the Lord was aroused against them. And it says, and he departed. I thought that was interesting. Not only was God angry, he departed. His presence came down. He was there in a present way, but he left. He was angry. He confronted him and he left. Um, now, now the discipline of the punishment is, is going to go forth. And so, um, again, I, as I was just reading through it, I was outlining it. I wrote down one that, I'm sorry, yeah, I wrote down one that their envy brought the work of God to a halt. Verse 2, I wrote down from verses 4 through 8 that it was a big enough deal, a big enough problem for God to come down and to have a personal meeting with them to deal with it. And then I wrote down number 3, verse 9, it made God angry. It angered God that they were talking about his servant Moses in the way that they were. It didn't please him. It angered him. Look at verses 10 through 12 now. And when the cloud departed from the tabernacle, from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous as white as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam and there she was, a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, oh, 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 my Lord. Now he calling him Lord. Oh, my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. So God's presence departs and Miriam turns into a leper on the spot. Uh, for you guys that don't know what leprosy is, it's not something we deal with in our culture today. But leprosy was in this in the biblical time. That was the age of their day. Uh, it was a disease that would surely bring death. It was one of the most, um, it was a very nasty disease to die of. Basically, your skin, uh, it rotted on you. So lepers had a foul smell. Lepers were cast outside the camp. They had to be separated from everybody else. As a leper, she wasn't going to be able to serve anymore. She was going to be cast out, separated from family, die a terrible, miserable death. I mean, it, it's a, it was a... It was a horrific thing to have. There was no medicinal medical cure for leprosy. Uh, the only cure throughout scripture for leprosy was a divine touch, a touch from God himself. And so Miriam's a leper. Now, what do you think Aaron, standing next to Miriam, seeing her become a leper, what do you think he's thinking is about to happen to him? <laughs> he's like, so I look at this intercession and this plea, but it don't sound real sincere. I think, I think this has more to do with him than her. If you standing next to her, your sister, y'all was in this thing together. God just put both of y'all on the carpet and she got it first. And he said, as soon as he looked over and saw that she was leprous, he said, oh no, my Lord. He's teasing. He got Moses got all respect in the world. He calling him Lord now. He said, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done. Now, at least he confesses. He says, in which we have done foolishly. Uh, which we have sinned. He, he acknowledged his sin. I got to point that out. He confessed. He, he called what he did what it is. He said, we sinned. He knew he sinned. He knew he messed up. And he looking at her become a leper. And I, I believe he was scared. Not for her. It was like, oh my God, look at her. What's going to happen to me? Now, some people I read suggested that that Aaron didn't become a leper because it would have interfered with his priestly service. And so maybe his position uh, granted him. Some people suggested that Miriam got it because she was the spokesperson. She was the one that led the whole thing. 
Um, it doesn't really tell us why. And as you read it through kind of what happens, she becomes a leper. He cries out. And the very next verse, Moses is going to intercede for them both. And this says so much about Moses. Right. What if somebody was talking bad about you, talking bad about you? And then you heard about it. But but when you were hearing about it, they were being called on the carpet for it. You were like, where is they said that about me, but they get in trouble for it right now. How many of you would be like, no, I don't do that to them. Let, let, let them off the hook. No, I, I don't want them to lose their job behind that. How many of you would step back and be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, get them, God, get them. You know, that's the Lord showing you, you know, consider our hearts, right? <laughs> How would we handle that? And um, I was thinking of this. There was a, a situation when um, I had a job. Just before before Harmony was born, it was the last job I had before I went to work at a church. And as I worked there, there was a guy, there were some guys in the in the uh, in the warehouse that were I was trying to be a witness. These guys were trying to poke fun. And we had this situation where the the guy got under my skin and um, he asked me this whole, you know, bunch of questions that were biblical questions. But he was leading up to this big punchline joke that he had. And one of the guys was a, he was actually a, a part-time comedian, not a very good one, but he was. And so we, we get all the way to the end of this thing when I, and I'm thinking that I'm, I'm witnessing, I'm talking about creation, all this stuff. And he's asking me all these questions and we're going and we get to the end and I realize it's a joke. I have this look on my face like I'm, I'm, I'm upset, I'm angry, but I'm saved. And I was still, I was not newly saved, but I was still just a few years in. So it was, I, I had a look on my face. And so the supervisor saw me. And she called me and she's like, what happened? I was like, nothing. No, she said, no, something happened. I've never seen you upset. What happened? I'm like, no, I'm not going to go. I'm I'm not doing it. And I wouldn't say what happened. So I go the next day and the guys that had this interaction have both been demoted. And now I was like, wow. Because at the same time, I was on my way. I was getting a promotion. I was moving out to another area. But I remember seeing it and, you know, I'm not going to lie to you guys here at church. I didn't go back and say, no, 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 he's got a family, please. You know, I, I, I just was like, the Lord taking care of me. You know what I'm saying? I was like, you know, the, the vengeance is mine. I would pray, says the Lord. I'm good. I didn't say nothing. That's, that was, that's honestly how I handled it. So now as I read this, I'm like, I, maybe I should have interceded. You know, maybe I should have said, no, it wasn't that bad. You know, um, she actually got them to tell what they did. So I never told. They told them themselves, you know. But um, so I read this here and Moses actually intercedes for them. Um, Aaron cries out to Moses. And again, I think he's worried about himself more than anything else. But verse 13. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, please heal her. Oh, God, I pray. Such a simple prayer. Take note of that. You guys look at TBN, Christian TV, when there's going to be a healing and they got to bring you up on the stage and make a big show and a big fuss. And they got to walk them back and forth, run them this way and run them that way and let them hobble on the cane and do this and that. And all this different thing. They got to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Just notice the simplicity here. Moses said, Lord, please heal her. Lord, oh, Lord, I pray. That's it. That's the prayer. And God hears it and he's going to heal her. Know that the power of prayer is not in all the yelling and the screaming and the, all the other stuff. It's just communicating with the Lord. The power is in who you're speaking to. That's where the power is at. The power all lies with him. It's not more powerful prayer if you scream it. 
It's not a more powerful prayer if you jump up and down and flap like a chicken while you do it. This is a powerful prayer because a man that's connected to God is crying out to God in sincerity. And God hears him. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. As we study through the book of Numbers, do you relate to how the people wanted to rebel, complain, and doubt what God's doing? Throughout this book, it's easy to pick up on a theme that God doesn't look kindly at a rebellious spirit or behavior. However, he corrects the people in a way that causes them to come back to him with the right kind of heart. The lessons that he taught them are the same ones he teaches you today. He wants you to live fully for him, not just say one thing and do another. This means not going about your ministry complaining about the things that bother you. God wants you to be overflowing with gratitude for what he's doing in your life and to look back at the struggles and recognize that he was the one who got you through. Are you enjoying these things that you're gaining from the book of Numbers? Today's message is available to listen to again on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. Once you're there, just click on the teachings tab. Otherwise, feel free to download our mobile app to listen to more messages like this. Just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of A Transforming Word.